Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors Plus Minus Warriors All 82 podcast, whichever one you want to call it. Um, Warriors win on the road. They are now 8 and 29 on the road. Uh, 11 game road losing streak snapped. This will be the only road arena this season that the Warriors win two games in uh, Houston, which the I don't Toyota even know. Center, baby. Yeah, there you go. Used to be. I mean, used to be a somewhat tough place it was never an unbelievable crowd although those like west what do you what did you think of the toyota center in the west finals because that was it at its best yeah i didn't think like i mean come on we've been some places right yeah (laughs) like it's just just not on par with that uh i mean okc i mean at toronto was lit uh you you just you could just feel it. Utah was a, a place you could feel. I never thought I would say Houston even, was that. Yeah, I would, I would say it's like comparative to like Denver in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, like on that level. Even though this last trip to Denver felt a little, you know, it was definitely more intense than the first time in Denver back in 2013. But yeah, right. Houston, I mean, they had a good crowd. It just wasn't like you know, it wasn't epic or anything. I'd say uh, this when when their team is down. The fan base dies with it, yeah. uh, you know, and you can see that. Like this was as dull a road atmosphere as they've been in this season. I, I mean, I, there's others, but uh, so you know, the Warriors usually get places up for them, and uh, you know, I mean, look, they're eighteen and fifty three, so it's, it's not they're not as much up as they're gonna get, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, I think part of what when they've talked about their road. Uh, issues this season it's like oh a team hits a couple threes and the crowd really gets behind them and and you know it snowballs it's not snowballing in Houston Jalen Green and Kevin Porter might hit a you know a three even though they're like the worst three-point shooting team in the league they hit a couple threes you don't feel like the wave of momentum of the Toyota Center behind them Uh, I don't know (laughs) am I being am I being too much of a hater nah I don't don't think so I, I don't think so at all even though Boston would be like, I don't know, man. So, so kind of like, yeah, what like did they, they won like two or three straight uh, home games. The Rockets had, yeah, so. they, they're over good teams too. It's a great yeah. place to go and fall asleep if you like a good team, like even the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they didn't play like a team that like was in a must win game to save the season. They played like a team that was playing the worst team in basketball. Kirk called it. Kirk said he thought it was the worst of their four road games so far. It was. It was. Oddly enough, they just happened to run into a bad team, like who who played poorly. Like that was that was the big difference. Yeah, I mean their big thing, and I know, like you know, their analytics department has, you know, they look at expected field goal percentage, which you know who's shooting the shot, how close is the defender, whatever. Like the last few games, the Warriors, like you know, 
according to those numbers, like should have won it, right? John Collins is shooting twenty five percent from three. Oh, he yes. gets uh, Dylan Brooks is 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 hitting a bunch uh, of jumpers, and yeah, tonight there wasn't the random Kevin Porter smoking hot, uh, you know, whoever. So, uh, but when, then when Jabari Smith hit that first one, he's like, ah, oh, here they go. <laughs> here they go. That's what I thought um, anyway. Yeah. So. They had 14 turnovers in the first half. Do you want to go to the good or the bad first? I'm good either way. It's a right. lot of bad, a lot of both. Okay, let's let's start with the good. Like what you know, they won the game. Let, let's. Uh, I would say there's two aspects of it are good. Number one is just like the stakes of the game, right? You win on a night that the Mavericks lose. You go back into the sixth seed. You gain a game on game on them. It sets up a chance. Yes, it, this is night. a road trip changing game coming up here, and they put themselves yeah. in play for it. Like, if they win this, like, it won't be a great road trip, but it won't be the disaster it felt like two days ago. Well, you just think of it this way. You you win on Wednesday. You, right now you're one up because of what happened. At, or I think it's a half game up half because game. of what happened No, it's, it's a, is it a virtual tie? No, no. Uh, Mavericks went down to 36 and 36. Warriors oh, so they, okay. they played one more. So they're a half game up. But if you win that game in in Dallas, you're essentially two and a half up because you get the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker is on the line. If you lose it, you're essentially one and a half down. Um, so it's a massive game, but tonight gives you kind of a little trampoline into it. So that's one of the the aspects of tonight. And by the way, the difference between six and seven is like the most massive difference in the league. It's you have a safe, uh, you know, path to the playoffs. You're in the playoffs, and you get that full week off uh, beforehand. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, if you're in the seven, the Warriors have seen it. They lose the seven eight. They lose the well, eight nine. They're out. But what's um, the uh, what's the better matchup? Seven against the Grizzlies or six against the Kings? Um, do I mean I don't know that you know what where they're gonna finish it. What that'll be at this point, and on you know what if you are in the seven, you run the risk of losing, of you know a seven so eight the eight yeah yeah yeah, and then you're talking about playing the Nuggets and. Not only are you talking about playing the Nuggets, but the only way to get into a series with the Nuggets would be like a Friday night playing game with your season yeah. on the line where you're playing game one Sunday in Denver. Like that's just not the path you want to go. You want to be the six. You just do. No like you can't yeah. you can't worry about who's no matter who it is. Um but okay, as far as the game goes, um, I thought uh the second half was better. They only had six turnovers after halftime. They only had four in the last 20 minutes. Uh, Jordan Poole, who will get to his overall struggles, but, uh, you know, he has six assists, zero turnovers in the second half. He was more controlled. Um, and then you see this this three-man front court combo that Kirk kind of shouted out post game. Yeah. Um, so it's Anthony Lamb, Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, Draymond Green. They're switchable. They're all power forwards, right? Um, and they're and physical. They, like, they yeah. – they 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 have the ability to press up on guys, and sometimes they got beat. But a lot of times they were still in the play, and you know, like even if they get beat off the dribble, like one is Jonathan Kaminga, who's an incredible athlete and can recover. The other is Raymond Green, who's probably the smartest player on the court. Like he can, you know, he can make the right read trailing, and then Lamb, you know, I don't I don't think he's that good from behind, but. If he's if he's funneling you right to Draymond or somebody like that's a pretty good position. Yeah, I mean he just kind of I guess knows team schemes and like he'll just yeah. switch. You know, I put in the story I wrote tonight because by the way that that lineup trio is a plus fifty three and ninety four minutes together this season. 
Uh, and the Warriors don't have many different lineup combinations that you can point yeah, to positive. and go, there's, there's some real success there. Well, this is one of them. Um, and Lamb will just – he hits three threes, I believe he hit tonight. Uh, so he, it's the stretch factor. Um, and especially with Kaminga doing the downhill stuff, right? Kaminga a lot at the rim today. He had one play. And this they broke it open with this trio early fourth getting stops. And on one of the stops, Kaminga's leaking out for a dunk. He's doing a lot of that. And they're faster. Um, and like you said, Lamb just kind of he, – he, there was one possession where him and Draymond just switched back and forth like three straight times. And, you know, Houston's trying to run all this action. It's like uh, you're running it into nowhere because they just keep handing each other's assignment off to each other. And, you know, that's – isn't that Warriors defense at its core with no rim protector behind him, no great perimeter defenders, like smart switchable schemes? It's what they talk about with what they miss with Otto Porter is like – his ability to just be so in sync with Draymond or Kevon Looney or both, like, and we saw it in the finals, right, where you could trust him even though he's not a center. Like, he's just going to make those reads. Those are all, like, reads. Like, there was one play where uh, I forgot who it was. Might have been Eason, might have been somebody, and they were they were trying to go to the step back three on the wing. And I'm sitting there like, and this is a shot they give up all the time. But Lamb, like, closed the space. It was like, uh-oh, are they paying attention to this now? And it was just like a good read to say, I'm going to take away this kind of in-rhythm, off-the-dribble step-pack three that kills us. I'm just going to take it away and make him drive. And he's got to drive. But it was like, it was a smart defensive play. It was like, I'm reading the game. I'm reading the moment. I'm understanding what's behind me. And I'm not just so scared to get blown by that I'm going to sag off a bit. Uh, like that's what Otto Porter gave them, like at a much higher level, right? Because Otto Porter is yeah. like a super veteran, right? But that's, they talk about how smart he is in the back. And you need people like that with Draymond, with Looney, to just kind of read it. And you, like, you know who isn't like that, who doesn't play that kind of read and react game? Like Michael Green. Like it's what it's what kills him every time. He's up too high or he's too far back or he's jumping and he's moving and he's not kind of in concert with the other players. Uh, and the fact that they've gotten Kaminga to that point is pretty good, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, <laughs> some of his defensive film in the fourth quarter time was just like it was just really sharp. You know, is it, he's on Jalen Green. He's at one point he's guarding Garuba. He gets a switch. Um, he stops a Jalen Green drive. Jalen Green kicks it to the corner. I don't even remember who it was, but somebody pumped fake Jordan Poole in the air and like. Should have had a drive, but Kaminga sees it and he's like rotating over enough to, you know, kind of dissuade the guy from driving. And then that guy kicks it to Jalen Green, who he'd been guarding, and he goes out and gets a decent contest. Jalen Green misses a wing three, and it was like, geez, that was like pretty high level, like four different parts of this defensive possession that, that he like executed well. It's not just, hey, he's awesome individually, like he'll he'll pressure you forty feet from the rim. It was team stuff. And, you know, the, the odd part about this pairing is I think the more minutes you give Kaminga, the more comfortable he can get on defense. Uh, like, like he's one of them dudes, like, if he makes a mistake and you know he's coming out, like, that's where you get him in his head and he, he won't be making those reads, right? He won't just be comfortable with that. And I think Lamb is, like, the opposite. <laughs> right, you give him too many minutes, you just give him more time to make a, make a mistake. <laughs> but it's like, yo, keep him at a good. Or just get like, oh, what he does, yeah, he gets sometimes can get a little overly confident in the offense because we're talking about a guy who, 
you know, University of Vermont, he was like their scorer. And then G League, he shot a lot. And I think when, when Lamb struggled in the middle of this season was when he got too free offensively. And I think when he's at his best, it's like you are only shooting the the open three. Or, you know, if you can cut to an open lane or somebody passes you, sure, shoot the layup. But, like, don't do too much on your own. But he does and, that defensively, too. Like, he'll yeah. he'll over-rotate trying to dig down a help when they don't need yeah. it so he can mm-hmm. get in the way and take a charge and he can leave it open shooters. Like, he does that type of stuff where he just kind of get overzealous and want to do – like, he wants to make a play. And it leads him to making a mistake instead of just playing, like letting it flow, let letting it happen. He did. He did. Like, the, I think might have been the last three Houston hit. He he dug way in the paint, was under the basket <laughs> on yeah. a, on a ball reversal, and didn't have a chance of getting. It's out. like a he little too much Aruba thirst. Hit the corner three. It's a little too yeah. much thirst to like make a highlight defensive no play. Question, more yeah, yeah. It's sure. like all right. I mean, I get it. Like Garuba, all right. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like I get, I get it. In a normal setting, you let him take that shot all day. But with what's at stake with them, and what's been killing them, and what clearly was their game plan to take away threes, like that was just a mistake you couldn't have, and they got burned for it. But he does that. The more he plays, the more likely he is to do stuff like that. Whereas Kaminga, it feels like it's the other way. The more he plays, the better he gets. The more comfortable he gets, the more his mind just in is rhythm, at peace. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he's not so like freaking out, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he gets in yeah. that mode where he, where it's like if he makes a mistake, it feels so compounded because he knows, dang it, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm coming out, Steve. I'm gonna be back in the doghouse. I'm gonna be next to Moody. Yeah. Um, okay, they're still one and three on this road trip. Um, they still hold have on. Can we talk about time. my my stat that everybody jumping on now? Well, sure, we can talk threes. about whatever you want. <laughs> How many did Houston hit tonight? Uh, they only hit 10. Not 15, yeah. The crazy part is, that, to me, the key wasn't that just that they didn't hit the 15. They only got up 36. And I think it, it was a product of them, of the Warriors extending their defense. They were clearly saying, we're not giving you threes, which was funny because the first play of the game, like, Jabari Smith is at the top. <laughs> and it's like nobody's going to guard him after what just happened. He hits the three and it's like, ah, uh, here you go again. Yeah. But just on the perimeter, we saw some things tonight where they're just like, all right, we're going to take it away. And I don't know why I waited this late, but it clearly works. It they People do it to the Warriors. Put your feet outside of the three-point line. Force people to drive and just live with the result. Like that to me – was a was a uh, a defensive adjustment they needed, but you saw Clay. Clay was up way high. Jordan Poole was up way high, picking up like he Poole he had one up. of his better defensive games. Yeah, all. and I know like Kevin Porter was like blowing by him pretty fast, but it's like that's fine. You take that. What you don't want is somebody shooting over the six foot three guard with the low wingspan and getting hot from three. So he was pressing up on Kevin Porter, basically telling him to drive. It's like that's a much better defensive game plan. They they only got up thirty six threes, which you know I you know ten for thirty six twenty seven percent. How how much of this was good defense by the Warriors? How much of it was like all right, finally some team shot like normal at home? Um, I think both. 
uh, you know, again, like that switching scheme at the start of the fourth, like it was just taking away some of the looks. But also, yeah, you can go through the film and also it's like there's Kevin Porter just clanging a wide open three at times and, and others. I mean, they just they needed this opponent. They just needed somebody to play poorly <laughs> and and they got the right team. Um, the first half, 14 turnovers, uh, and this was roster wide. They had seven guys that had multiple turnovers, uh, just passes an hour. Steph, I thought played kind of a careless game. He was, he even had that one pass that wasn't a turnover that he threw that remember clay wasn't looking up the oh, sideline. Yeah, yeah. He did it with just Dante, like, once to Dante too. Yeah. It just like whizzed by clay's ear. And he's like, wait, what? Um, Pool had I God, like I said, he was six to zero turnovers in the second half, but I believe he had three yeah, in the first half, too. Um, and you know, this can broaden out to a wider conversation about Pool, but he's third in the NBA in total turnovers. The only NBA players in the entire league that have more turnovers than him are Trey Young and Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, those are young guys. Yeah, I was say there's a theme there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and where you at on Pool right now? Uh, I think he's played smarter the last couple of games, uh, especially tonight. Like, he started uh, – he, he's a mess when the shot's not going, right? Like, you could feel it. It's almost like he needs his shot to be going in order to be like himself out there. But we've seen a couple times on this road trip, and he did it again tonight, where he just he's just opting on attacking instead of settling for that shot, right, that that he does far too often for my money. Like, even tonight, at the end of, like, they had a, end of the third, they had a two-for-one situation. And he drove. And that's twice we've done it on this trip where it's like, you know, he uses that. That's his one, like, free pass to take the crazy shot, right? Like, that's how he's used it all year, but he drove. So, like, he's, you know, he's still, like, he get loose with the ball, you know, he still battles too much with the refs, but to me, he's just like he's playing smarter, and that that is a good step for him. Like he made some really good passes. He 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 played. He his effort on defense was there. He picked up full court on a on a uh, what's his name, the other guy from the ignite, uh, Dacian Nix, right? Oh, Dacian Nix, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was picking up full court. Like when have we ever seen Jordan Poole do that? So it's still kind of, you know, it's still sketchy. He's like, he hasn't played well for much of this last month or so, but like, you know, I I actually like the way he's playing when he just keeps his emotions in check. You know, he's been, I thought Atlanta was like, I don't want to say it was the low point of the season for him, but it it felt, it was pretty low. It felt bad, you know, it particularly, I mean, he was in his head spiraling offensively and that just, he like, that was as bad of a, individual defensive effort for a game by a Warriors players I can really remember, right? I mean, it was just like losing people in transition. Uh, Wiseman was on the team. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Wiseman, it was like mental mistakes. Yeah, and it was just like like, wrong. It wasn't like, like, man, that guy's just like... Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I mean, he would get lost, and there were certainly some, like, snowball events with him where he would get so down on himself. I don't know, different kind of rough performance defensively. I know what you're saying, though. Um, but, you know, he did seem to kind of respond in Memphis, and then tonight, we'll, we'll see again. Uh, I just feel like this is life with JP, right? Like, <laughs> you got to manage the games where he's not there, and you got to milk the games when he's got it. But to me, as long as he... If he just keeps driving, and if he has a focused game plan on defense, I think they need to treat Jordan Poole the same way they did Kaminga, the same way Mark Jackson used to do Clay. Like, give him one or two very simple assignments. <laughs> just go hard at that. Like, you don't leave this guy. This is your job right here. You do this. If he gets by you, fine. But make sure, like, you, 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 pass, you take away the three, you pressure the ball, and, you know, you do your best not to foul. Just give him very – like, you do this. And because, whoa, it might have been the Hawks game. I think it was the uh, Memphis game or someplace. He's just, like, jumping around. It's like, dude, what are you <laughs> – like, where are you going and what are you doing? But tonight it felt like he had a very distinct assignment. Take away threes, pressure the ball. That's what you're going to do. Like, And that's the rest we got. If he does that and plays smarter – uh, but I, I think it's all attitude with him. I think it's all mental. Uh, he's, I mean, you know, it's, it's Jordan Poole, man. Like, that's how he yeah. is. No doubt. Um, what else from this road trip stuck out to you? Kaminga. Kaminga. Definitely Kaminga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, the Memphis game. You know, they sagged off him, and he, he hit a what, four like threes? Like, when they play athletes later, that dude's like, all right, it feel like he know that. All right. <laughs> There's nobody on our team who can match these dudes. So, so I got a question for you, though, on Kaminga. Yeah. So the Lakers twice very shamelessly came into the game with, the like, what Russell Westbrook type defense, right? It, they were having yeah. – LeBron or Davis or whoever, you know, it was Jared Vanderbilt, I think, like stand in the paint while Kaminga was out from three. And, you know, he's not per- percentage-wise a horrible three-point shooter. I think he was like 34-ish percent last year. I don't know where he is this year, but he's been shooting it well lately. Uh, but that completely, like, jacked up the Warriors' offense against the Lakers, and he didn't know what to do, and, like, they ended up having to, like, bench him, essentially. Um, Memphis did it. He shot it, and, he, you know, he was hitting shots. Um what what do you think is like? Should he just jack a bunch early in the game against teams that do that until teams start respecting him more? Because if the Lakers are doing it and if Memphis is doing it, to me, that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like yeah, he teams can't jack though. Special. I think he can't jack. Like that's uh, Draymond was talking about this a little with Russ. That's a harder shot when the team is saying you backing off. Like, hey, go ahead and have it. It puts an added level of like pressure on the shot that is a little bit tough and we, and we see veterans like not be able to convert that so i don't know why we expect does he just so a non-shooter second player second okay let me player. ask you then i'm not saying he has to shoot a three every time but in this situation do you give him the ball and tell him be aggressive like go attack yes. the rim yes that's what i say you go try and you go try and dunk on somebody 
Because now it's like, I mean, we saw that we see it with Ja, where it's like you back off Ja, and he started hitting the three. But when he wasn't hitting the three, all you're doing is giving him a running head start, which puts you at in a tough spot anyway. So you can't go that far off of him. So I'd say, look, first play of the game, I don't care if you get a charge. You go in and you try to posterize somebody. You try to dunk on the whole team. And if they're going to do that, like at least to start to get a rhythm going because he's starting to show, man, like when he's got a nice little rhythm going, when he's getting to the free throw line, like that mid-range is looking pretty good and then his three starts looking good. But he can he score points say, in bunches. Yes, he can. So I, I think when he starts with the three or when he takes bad threes, he gets a bit out of whack. But if he can close that space, I feel like that that's more valuable to them. And, and anyway, like, even if he does make threes, like, you might have the rare game. Remember he hit, like, his first four or something like that? <laughs> he hit four you know, in Memphis. Like, I think it was four or five. Was it Memphis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, that was, yeah, it was just Memphis. There was, was another like, one, too, on, where he hit four threes in the third quarter, like, in, like, a four-minute stretch. He just hit four. It was at home. I don't remember. But, but yeah. it's like, you even if he does do that, that's not the biggest value. Like, there are other people on the team who would hit three. So it's not like if he doesn't hit threes, they wouldn't hit threes. Like, nah. Like, if he didn't get those shots, then, you know, Steph Curry might take those shots. You might get the same number three. To me, his greater value is being somebody who gets to the line. Like, get to the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get, like so if he starts by doing that, if he establishes that, that's more valuable than him making threes. Because they're going to still give him threes. Like, that's – it's not changing. I mean, who did Draymond say that about? Like, somebody's like, yeah, man, we just going to – like, the, the game plan, if you, if you want to hit 10 threes and you beat us that way, go ahead. Like, we tip our cap. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's – yeah. Like, they're going to do that with Kaminga. So, if he's just going to stand there and chuck threes, like, that doesn't benefit them that much. That's threes that's not going to somebody who can hit 10, like, regularly, right? So, to me, as long as he's got – if he's headed downhill and they're giving you the space to do it, that's how he's got to do it. Uh, and hopefully he gets to call on a couple of those because he don't really get a good whistle. But that's, that's what I would tell them to do. If they sag off, you just drive, you close that gap, and you make them pay for giving you a, a runway of a head start. So no Wiggins for however, an indefinite amount of time. No Peyton for a little bit here still more. Um, they Without them, they're small. They start, they start this – you know, Curry, DiVincenzo, Clay. look, they play a lot of pool. They're tiny. I mean, they're tiny on the back end. They have no traditional rim protection. Um, how much during this stretch would you play Kaminga? Like, are, do, do you think he should just no doubt, no matter the matchup, be 25, 30 minutes a night right now? I mean, without Wiggins? Yeah, I'm going 25, 30. Especially because, like, I, I don't know, like, Dante's not giving you much offensively. And while he's being while he's great defensively, like they what he does again it's the same situation. I mean not exact same, he's just a better shooter. And when he's making shots it helps a lot, but like he's driving the lane and passing out and I just feel like they it's just really valuable to have somebody who's trying to finish. Like it really like you look at the difference Looney is making when he's just taking the shots when he's trying to get it. So I, I'd play him, especially against athletes, because I do think there's something about Kaminga when there's other athletes on the court. 
it seems to energize him, <laughs> right? You put him on the court with the with the. I don't want to say Franz Wagner, like he's not an athlete. He's a good athlete, but like with other guys who. Hey, Franz Wagner should have no, him up a, because, just because yeah, draft should. positioning. That should be Eric <laughs> Pascal, uh, PJ Washington yeah, exactly. style. PJ Washington, yeah. I, but I do feel like when I hate putting it this way because I, I don't like calling. I don't, I don't like intimating the players aren't smart or anything like that. But like when the game is like read and react, and the other guys can kind of play that game and it, you know and make him like a half a tick slow because he's got to think. I think he's a, he's been a little bit less comfortable in that. Well, that's, he's the out Lakers, there with that's like why athletes. the Lakers yeah. like that strategy. You know, it's a veteran team, and it was like I can remember several times, and I believe you were at the game in Staples where it's like Kaminga has the ball, and he's like, uh, you know, he's taking like tentative steps like wait what should i do now what what, like what are they trying to do with this um that's kind of why i think defenses will have that strategy in the playoffs but i know what you're saying when he's thinking he's with athletes yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is he's like he's ready to fly it's almost like he's trying to prove like yeah i'm still the best athlete on the court out here yeah (laughs) it feels like it anyway um this is clearly like and, I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise, but Steph has been extremely frustrated with their play because he is playing well, but, you know, they had the five-game winning streak. You know, the two times he's gone out this season for extended stretch, the shoulder and the whatever high, you know, tibia, fibula, sprain thing, um, they survived without him. They gained a rhythm. Pool played better. They had, you know, highlight season-long five-game winning streaks both times and handed it back a situation that was like, you know, like, good job. Like, they held the fort much better than we probably even expected. And then they immediately slumped. Um, and it's clearly not because Steph Curry's not playing well. I mean, his, Trade stats, him. Trade his stats have been great, but you can tell just, like, frustration boiling a little bit. And, you know, that gets eased a bit tonight, although they didn't play that well. But um, we're just we're, – we're, where do you sense like he's at right now? Uh, like, like how frustrated is he? I mean, I think the winning obviously helps, but I think part of the frustration is himself too. Like, he can't just fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't a, like a hero ball type solution where it's like, man, let me go out and score 50. <laughs> like, that, I think that's part of the frustration. What's defense? Yeah, I don't think he's been playing great defensively. I don't think either of their starting guards have been great defensively. He had a much Except better defensive that. season last season. I think. Yeah, he, I, I think. I think it was it, like it was surprisingly great last season. Like he became a really good defender. Like he became a problem. But I think this year, like he hasn't been that good defensively. For whatever reason, I don't think Clay's been that good defensively. Dante's been the only like perimeter defender who's been good. So, but I do think like part of our frustration is he can't just go drop fifty and it solves all the problems. So, you you could kind of sense the frustration, but also, and you know, I've been like in his ear all season trying to <laughs> try to get you know a story or something, but. I do think there's a part of Steph that likes that they kind of have to do it together, but the fact that it's not happening is frustrating. So he'll be the first one to say, like, 
Like we, we really don't have a shot without everybody. And that usually is how like he likes a team to go, but that means like everybody's got to be on board. And there's just, there's just too many times where it's not enough guys, <laughs> right? Or one guy's playing good. The other guy's not. So I think he's, I do, I do think he's patient because there's no Wiggins and, and his best friend GP2 is coming eventually. They're so like, I, they, I mean, they've been buddy buddies since Gary. I'm writing this. this. I'm writing this story. This is happening as soon as Gary talking. It's what, what is that about? Well, yeah, I, would, I was going to ask you. Well, like they're just cracking up at each other's jokes, like constantly. Like they come out, they come out together, sit together. It was. I mean, that was more when they were both injured. Obviously, it's a little bit separated now, but yeah, it's I, it's been very noticeable. They're like giggling. They're like just sitting over on the sideline, you know, in each other's ear the whole game. I do <laughs> think there's a part of Steph that's like, "Ooh, I'm sure he's glad to see you." <laughs> it's funny considering the history, right? Yeah, like the, <laughs> that that we wrote about. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> Avery Bradley. That's all you gotta Bradley. say. Yeah, Avery, Avery Bradley. Bradley. But yeah, I, I think there's a part of Steph that's like. I need to be patient. Reinforcements are coming. This is not our team, but also, man, if we really need everybody, like that's tough because we just can't, like there's just too many dudes you can't rely on. And But I do think he's been part of that, and that's why you don't hear him popping off. I think I think he knows, you know, like do they win the Memphis game if he shoots it better? Uh, no, I mean, because how many points did Memphis score? You know, one. I mean, you gotta, I mean, this is these are the Warriors, man. You gotta, you gotta be able to get into a shootout. <laughs> you gotta be able to win a shootout. I mean, he was five for fifteen. He had sixteen points. Okay, let's say he's eight or fifteen. Like they probably just lose. By no, eight. if he's like, I mean, I think he wasn't shooting because he was. Yeah, I don't know. He was retired. He just didn't get up enough shots. Took fifteen shots, right? Like, yeah, you know. So yeah, I just think you can look at some of these games like. Man, if I'd have just done this, I, I I just think if they win, like if they beat Dallas and they go home, like up two games on five hundred with a slate of home games, I think, man, I I don't think you could ask. I think you'd be at peace with that. Uh, <laughs> I think if they go home five hundred, like he guaranteed they go home at least five hundred with a slate of home games. I do think there's a sense of trying to cling to some form of a, uh, you know, you know, Steph, Mister Positive. He ain't getting off track. Tough game Friday though. It's Sixers at home, and then Timberwolves Sunday is a big game. And you know, I don't even know who will be there for for the Timberwolves, but <laughs> Tori and Prince will be there, baby. Drop thirty five tonight. That was that's supposed to happen against the Warriors on the road. You're supposed I to have know, Torian right? Prince go. What do you go like eight of eight from three? Something it's like that. Crazy and spoiled Julius Randle's fifty seven or something crazy. Yeah, Julius Randle was just distraught <laughs> at the end. That... <laughs> I, oh, was he? I didn't see it. Oh yeah, he was like hitting the scores table, like just you know, which I understand, right? You have fifty seven. This is like the pinnacle. I'm going to show my kids this game, and it's like, yeah, we also lost by five. He was Story yeah, he was minus six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tory Prince was plus twenty eight. Like real, that. I mean, it would have been a banner night for the Warriors. Uh, 
but the Kings lost to the Jazz. Yeah, see, you know, I just don't think Utah's like gonna. Chase I don't either. I don't either. I'm like Utah. Is, you look, they're like they're getting back. Yeah, you know who's coming? The Thunder's really rising. The Thunder, yeah. But the Thunder have three tough ones coming up. The Thunder's on a four-game trip, three straight games in L.A. They go Clippers, Clippers, Lakers over this week, all in L.A. Um, So that's an interesting little trio game to see where they're really at. Um, What would you think of uh, Clay? He had a really bad Memphis game. Uh, you know, that's the second night of a back-to-back. That's three well, and four Well, hold nights. on, hold on. Before we get to tonight, what, are you okay with him throwing up the four rings? That's the controversy. I mean, am I okay with it? I mean, he can kind of, like, you know, talk his junk however he wants to talk it. Uh, it is a little bit, like, of an eye roll when you continue to do that, but I Man, don't there, know. I mean, I there's get There's no expiration date on four rings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Here, here's where I'm okay with it. Here's where I'm okay with it. Even though I wouldn't do it, I would much more take uh, Steph's path. That's just you know more my personality. Uh, you already know I got four rings. I ain't got to say nothing. That's why you're excited about beat me in March. Yeah, but those dudes talk a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like. Those guys with no rings, I feel like you got to be like Kenny Smith with Charles Barkley and then keep reminding them. I, I'm surprised that became the big deal it became, though. Yeah, I was too. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Like, it's, a, it's somewhat of a dry time in the NBA. We're talking a little bit standings-wise, waiting for the playoffs. I mean, we, you know, the playoffs just lights everything up to a different level. And I just, you know, the league doesn't have many, like, authentic you know i know the whole like is it a rivalry is it not a rivalry regardless like the teams don't like each other like authentically do not like each other and that's just uncommon in the modern nba so i mean and you know how the internet works now they love spicy stuff it's it's spicy so it's just the the latest version of that okay all right what'd you think of clay his play, um, yeah, I mean, I think part yeah. of the reason, you know, what are the two times he's flashed up the fours this season? Uh, it was when he was really bad in Phoenix and when he was bad in a Memphis loss. Like, he, like that is his go-to when he's, like, n- not feeling good about how he played that night. And I just think, I believe that was their last back-to-back of the season. Um, and he's been playing through it, right? This was only really since right before the All-Star break has he even been physically cleared to do that. And he just looked tired to me in that Memphis game. Looked a little bit more refreshed tonight, but, you know, he hit some jumpers. Um, so he did his part in that sense, but I don't know. I mean, it, it to me, it wasn't a remarkable game either way from him, uh, like good or bad against uh, Houston. What do you think? I thought it was a little nerve-wracking a bit. He felt like he was going to shoot them out of parts of parts of the game where it felt like he was like, oh, man, Clay's trying to find it at the expense of, you know, the lead. <laughs> uh, but he, he hit some big ones. Uh, and I think that's important because, like you said, that Memphis game, it had been rough. And I'm really curious if he can go on a bender. Because remember, he went on one when Steph was out and like since Steph has been back it's been a bit of a struggle except for like he lit up Phoenix but that was obviously Devin Booker 
<laughs> right? But yeah. like yeah. he's finding these he's finding these games hard to come by. I think he's like 40, 30. Remember he was like killing. Yeah, I mean, and, but you gotta remember this is an exhausting part of the schedule. No you know, this is their yeah. last long road trip. Um, with you know flights in between and everything, so you know to go L.A. to Atlanta to Memphis, three games in four nights. That's yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like now that that's out the way, right? And they got this, you know, what is it? How many games left? Nine. Uh, yes. So nine games left, uh, and you know, after uh, after the Dallas game, just three more road games. So they got this nice home stretch. And I wonder if, like, the space between games, the fact that he had, you know, he closed the game, shoot the ball well. If he could go on a run, that that's just – they need they need Clay or Jordan Poole and ideally both to just really kind of get hot right now. While <laughs> like Steph is that. playing, we've While seen them Steph this year well, yeah. get in the groove without him, but they need it with him. And, you know, that's that was the playoffs last year. Everyone at the right time coalesced. Poole had a great playoffs with and without Steph, you know, around him on the court. Clay, you know, was solid. He had he had some big nights, and then obviously Wiggins, which, yeah, that's another topic. Um, we got an update on Kyrie, by the way. Uh, he like apparently had a walking boot post game. You know, he's been having foot soreness. Sounds like a reaggravation. Dylan Brooks, you see Dylan Brooks stepped on the back of his foot. Yeah, I didn't even see the clip. I just saw that, that happened. Um, I don't know if we'll play, you know, I would probably lean doubtful if I had to guess for Wednesday. But, you know, it sounds like Luca might come back. So, we'll see. It's an important yeah, game. they need that game. Yeah. They need that game. Did you see uh, Dylan Brooks tried to swap jerseys with Kyrie? And yeah, Kyrie work. just, like, gave him his jersey and then walked away. Hey, he sunned him like a fan. <laughs> like, here you go, young fella. You can keep that. Hold that. Hey, oh, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is making a name for himself nationally, Listen. and and he's probably making money for himself in the process. He is making himself relevant. I can't like for no reason too. But I mean, like not like for no reason. Like he's a solid player, but like he doesn't. He, his game doesn't suggest he should be known in the way he is. But it's great personal branding, <laughs> right? It's it's impressive that. He's made himself that way. Like he's becoming a story, like on the nightly. Yeah, that's that's a big deal, man. Everybody can't pull that off. No, it's true. All right, um, we will talk to you at some point later in the week at Dallas on on Wednesday. Back home against the Sixers Friday night. That's like that should be kind of a good game, you know. You got Embiid, who is now, by the way, the favorite for the MVP coming in Friday. So, who uh, says Vegas? Oh, okay. where the money lies so alright uh, yeah well, we'll talk to you later
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.